And I was there. Like, I get it. Didn't one of them say, like, abolish capitalism, though? Abolish civilization? You think you can get dominoes with no civilization? Yeah, it's again, it's it's living in a bubble. Interesting thing to observe because that's what ends up happening. I mean, you know, we all have idealistic thoughts. We wish things were certain ways, and unfortunately, in some cases, though, it's just a matter of that's the world we live in. And even if we start working towards a solution, it may it it may uh, expend our life in achieving that larger goal. So we have to be willing to self-sacrifice to achieve that bigger thing that we may never even see come to fruition. So, I mean, you know, accepting the world's in a broken state and then that we're going to collectively work to make it better for all of us, that sounds like something they would all agree with, but that's I not think so. unfold. It should be. And, <laughs> and I'm going to go out here again and just say that Chaz, is from what I know so far about Chaz, I do not accept that as secular humanism. <laughs> I don't accept I, that that is chaos that maybe in a maybe if they stay there for a hundred years, what they will have at the end of that hundred years is a new system that we could liken to something like secular humanism. But well, the shit that's happening over there right now is just madness. That's just chaos. About, do you have an example, ancient or current? Of a what we would consider a secular humanist society, even even if predominantly, and I would love to read about them or examine. You know, I mean, we could probably, I would say, maybe the closest thing we had was when Greece started. You know, but Greece has a menagerie of pagan gods, so you know, but they were right, all right. about philosophy and the mind and know thyself and all of that which I think comes closer to secular humanism, but I don't think they disavow. They also killed Socrates. <laughs> well, right. So maybe he, is he <laughs> well, there's that. Secular? Who's right, the so, grandfather so of secular humanism? So they're humanism? known as like these lovers of philosophers, but they, they killed arguably like their most famous one. Right. So it wasn't like the rest of the society was on that. And then if we, if we're, why, so it, even if we're. Why did they kill him though? Because they said he was corrupting the youth. Yeah. And also the difference I, between I don't think you know, that meant with ideas. That's all. They, well, he, uh, he well, listen, we can't hold the Greeks to the same sex. Listen, standards. I don't think Greeks would have killed anybody. <laughs> for, Greeks wouldn't have killed anybody for corrupting the youth in that manner. That was just society. <laughs> that was just regular. That's business as usual to the Greeks. He might have corrupted somebody else's youth and they got said, Oh, right, let- right, right, right. That's my youth. Right. That's you amazing. Don't, don't don't corrupt the youth I've corrupted. But well, you know, I, there's, I definitely get it. We live in a society that's a world that's been driven by deity worship for a very long time. People have definitely integrated into these societies and not necessarily held those beliefs, but those things transcend any specific. The things that we would add to the conversation in secular humanism, they transcend past any type of one, any one religion or spiritual system. All of those things would be in there. In the part of the conversation, they just wouldn't be attributed to the command of a specific deity. So if you're saying something like um, like a Christian Bible might say, look after your brother, like you said, that's not exclusive to that learning system. You know what I'm saying? You could be in a completely different religion and find something very similar to give you the same idea that we shouldn't be just destroying each other. So it goes beyond any one specific religion. And that's why I think it it would be naturally integrated because it works better for a society if we're not all robbing and stealing and hurting each other. That's just, you don't need that to come from a high place. Yeah, you don't need that to come from a high place. That's a basic observation of the world around us. But, but I would also say, like, and to me, that that's exactly what's defined in that verse. And I'll look it up for you. But basically, Paul says, 
you know, uh, and you see that how they follow the law, not having the law, showing the evidence of the law being written in their hearts. And the idea that the law is a concept as an external force to bottleneck your decisions, right, and to force you to do right is limited. But the only way you cultivate real righteousness is when that becomes the operating system for your decision making, where you're not looking at the law and then finding a loophole to exploit it, but you're truly being driven by that principle. So even if you don't have the deity, if you embrace the value that's ascribed to that deity, when you implement that into civilization, that that's productive and good yeah, regardless of whether the people because I because I because I've heard the argument about you know the Christian ethic in America, and most people I would say in America aren't Christian even if they profess to be. I I think it's a minority that's actually practicing Christians in America in America, but I think the majority of the people do operate on a Christian ethic that drives what they expect out of society. Because if, if even with this shit with police brutality, if we didn't believe in an ethic of treating people with respect and care, even if they were on drugs, even if they were in the middle of committing a crime, the vast majority still expected you have the power, you have an obligation not to do harm to the powerless. I mean, that's Matthew 25, right? We're going to, the least of our people in our society the people that are seen as being the least valuable, the least amount of power, our expectation is you can't just trample on those people, right? Even if they're in the midst of committing a, 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 a criminal act, they're still a human being. We still expect you to treat them to treat them kindly and courteously, you know, and that's why the George uh, Floyd shit was so, um, it was so disgusting to so many people. Whether we recognize it or not, we do have a compassionate ethic that I think you could argue, at least within this culture, is is derived from a Christian ethic, even if the majority of people aren't Christian. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And I think that that premise makes perfect sense because even in ancient Egypt, they did the same thing. A lot of people from the outside looking in think they had a bunch of gods, but that's not really what was happening. They had these gods that were personifications of all kinds of concepts and ideologies and these different things and even elements of nature and all of this stuff. And they gave them these attributes so they could teach people different things about the environment and about life without telling them this is the basics that you need to know. It's like if you give it to them in that way, they understand it without you having to teach it directly to them. If you tell people that there's a river spirit and you have to respect her, it's less likely that they'll pollute the water. But you right. can't just tell people don't pollute the water because they come up with their own reasons. Well, I'm just going to dump this shit in here anyway. But if you tell them you're going to anger the river spirit and there's going to be some bad luck and the crop's not going to come in or, or, or whatever, whatever you build around that, you can teach it to people in that way. And the things that you're trying to get done will get done. The best law that you can make is one that people naturally don't break. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be out of your mind in, in a sort of way to break this law. You don't need to put a law on the books on the books that says don't kill your mom. Yeah, but society but, uh, knows that. Society understands but that. But they don't know that because there's murders being committed right now. Like no, no, listen, no. What I'm saying, we, we already know that, though. That's what I'm saying. We already understand that. That's the reason that there's a law for it is because it's counterproductive to society. But secular humanism doesn't do anything to prevent those murders. 
What is it doing to prevent the murders? Like, if it's furthering the agenda of the uh, of the state, I think they would overlook murdering your mom. If she's an outspoken dissident, the state. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be well, uh, No, I'm just trying to see secular humanism, uh, utopia, kind of. I mean, if we're talking about an but idea, but there's always going to be an organizing yeah. body, yeah. even in a utopia. There, right. There's going to be some sort of laws. There's going to be a system of rewards and repercussions, whereby. Right. So at some point when somebody violates, you're going to have to address it. Now, we've agreed that the island methodology is the best way to to deal with society's worst Definitely. human being. Definitely. But right now, I mean, I, I think and I see and this is silly because I don't even think that we're debating it. Um, and I think the reason why um, some of these debates even exist in our civilization is because we're taking for granted that Western civilization allows us this open debate. This isn't something that's everywhere else in the world. And and yes. and um, more and more and more, even in Western civilization, this shit is going away. Like, really, America is the last place where you truly have free speech, and and even that what, is being curbed. But what is that a result of? Do you oh, feel? Oh no, no, no. Uh, again, the, like I agree with I you one hundred percent. Leftism is a religion at this point. The church was getting it hard because the church was, especially like the evangelical church, was trying to, uh, you know, censor uh, rap albums and explicit right. lyrics. You remember all that from the 90s, right? Right. But and now, now it's the left. Because free speech, as far as right. I'm concerned, in the, the circles I run in, if you are really a God-fearing Christian and you really actually read the word, you're not just going right. to the social club and doing the performances, but you're right. you're really into it, you'll realize how directly applicable that it is. And so it's- Well M- Eminem had to apologize for saying faggot. South Park um had to censor the Muhammad episode. Right. But nobody so- sent, nobody has to apologize for mocking Jesus. And as Christians the word says to not be offended. Right now, is that the regular mo of most Christians that you see? No, there a lot of them are you know throw you know uh, uh, well yeah damn well, to hell right well, when um, we were kids is, when, when we were when, when, when we were kids the censorship component was definitely coming from right wing evangelicals and that's why I'm saying it's not even a debate that leftism at this point is a religion they're not debating. If you blaspheme against the dogmatic points, you're excommunicated. They're not having a discussion. So there's just conform to what I'm saying. And if what you disagree the- at all, it's it's a problem. This is this is a religious fervor. So now what they're the-, the ones attacking South Park, attacking yeah. Is it is it the left? Is it because you know I even feel like I don't know if calling it the left is quite correct either because I think liberal is wrong because the liberal mindset I don't think is problematic. I think it contributes good ideas, but what you have forms no. Now, but you're not a part. You're not a part of the current left wing movement if you're a liberal. Right. Well, liberals are not in good standing with the left. And even I would even go as far as saying Democrats, because I don't like this whole Republican Democrat. When you say Democrat, right, there are some reasonable Democrats. I don't know where they are right now. They're being totally drowned out because they've essentially been hijacked by a very fringy. I don't think that represents reasonable people. I like diversity, diversity and thought and idea. I think that's what makes things powerful. But when you subvert that and suppress it and erase it, Right. Whether we're talking about video censoring or statue destruction. Right. Those are not I just don't find those things as the most constructive ways to reach. A uh, of course goal. not. But, you know, but, the, the, but OK, 
So what's going on currently is there's, you can call them the woke wing of the party or the progressives, and then there's the people who are liberal. And the people who are liberal are not in good standing with the vocal um, the vocal faction of the left wing who's, who's taken over as far as the mouthpiece then defined what anything on the left is about. So if you as a liberal are saying, well, you know, I don't like that we have Confederate soldiers, but at the same time, it's like, is this why we're looking at Egypt and everybody arguing and trying to guess what the fuck they were talking about? Like, you shouldn't destroy history. Like, you should preserve it like it should be clear. And not only that, like, how is this not Orwellian? Because if you destroy, like, could we get to a point where we could tell black people, you know what, there was never any slavery. What do you mean there was never any slavery in America? Never happened. Never happened. Well, how do you know it never? Do you see any evidence of it? Like, how do you know? Well, it was written in these books. There are no more books. <laughs> There's only a digital record. And we've updated it just like Wikipedia, and it never was. So a liberal is going to engage with that person that says, you know, I think we should tear it down. I think we should keep it up, and we'll hear the debate. The woke wing is saying, if you not are not against these things, not only are you not against these things by posting your solidarity on social media, if you're not willing to go out there and get your skull fucking cracked open tearing down one of these statues— not only are you against us, you're a fucking racist. Not only are you a racist, you're specifically a white supremacist. And that term has been applied now to Indians, to black dudes, to anybody. Like so, any, yeah. Oh, so not to cut you off, but if I need uh, to be cut off somewhere. <laughs> what? Okay, as far as the statues go, so I personally, I really don't, I don't care either way. But I kind of understand the argument of the people being who they were representing what they represent a lot of it i mean technically could be considered treason and all this other shit they call it traitors and everything else so why are there so many statues and schools named after these people and shit like that anyway here's why i don't want to go down that road okay there was a recently a statue of martin luther king erected right it, it came out that martin luther king had 40 affairs it came out that you know, some of his speeches were he had some plagiarism in some of the papers he submitted in college. There's even audio from the FBI that he was laughing as as his friend, you know, was raping a girl in the background. Yeah. I don't want Martin Luther King canceled, right? I don't that want Martin Luther King because of his contributions, and we're all but 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 right, but but, but but okay, and, and and this is where we're at in society. Uh, uh, Bill Cosby was a serial rapist. That is true. He also changed America's consciousness about middle class black families, right? And because the way he stood up to NBC, it was very important him to put out a different image. And that did change people's minds. That helped change people's hearts. I don't want to throw away his contribution to comedy and to culture because he had a horrible side of him. Just like with this, you know, Angela Rye making some of these crazy arguments. Well, he owned slaves, so we just need to cancel him. Like, people at well, that we, time... We kind of have to ignore one or the other, though. We kind of have to ignore... Because it's going to be hard to watch the Cosby show yeah. and then be honest with your right children. On. Like, I know that was a cool episode, but now <laughs> let's have a talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. So so what do we do? Do we ah. keep his contribution to, to comedy and sweep I everything else under the rug? I don't think oh, no 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 I don't I don't I don't think we have to choose though. This is tricky, this is where we're in this false we are binary we are choosing. To choose too. I agree. Okay. We are choosing. But 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 George Washington fought in a war to get independence, helped craft the ideas that help us enjoy the freedoms that we are enjoying right now. 
and he owned slaves. All of those things are true. And I don't want to minimize his sins, right? But I don't want to have to throw away the value that he added. So I think if we're if we're being honest, first of all, all of us have some good shit and some cringy, fucked up shit that we've done. That exists in every human being. So because you contribute something epic to where people honor you with a statue because you did something that brave or that important, yes, I want Martin Luther King's statue to stay up forever. And if we find out more shit about Martin Luther King, like he put up more than Bill Cosby numbers, like, and it was against women's rip, that fucking sucks, and that's a horrible thing. That doesn't eradicate all of the things that he contributed. So I think if we're going to be adults... We have to we we have to acknowledge both. This is the severity of the sins. We're not sweeping it under the rug. So These we have to write happen. on the statue. He he was uh, no. <laughs> very influential in civil rights, but he also might have laughed. No, we just rich. have the statue. Here's the thing: we just have the statue, but we stopped changing the books. And now that listen, we had to cancel uh, live PD or whatever. Legos doesn't have policemen in the Legos figures anymore. HBO has banned Gone from the Wind. From I've never even seen Gone from the Wind. I just assume it was racist because the time that it took place in. But, yeah, but once but you start you know, erasing history, you know that's some 1984 shit. You know the actress in Gone with the Wind, right? She, Hattie McDaniel won the first, uh, first Academy fuck. Award ever for um, a yeah. black actress. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't want to throw all of that away. I, I don't want to throw it away, right. but yeah, I don't want to whitewash it either. And and I think the problem that we had is there was a time in America where we whitewashed shit. We focused right. so much on the good and we kind of swept the bad under the rug that it kind of inspired the other extreme to pop up and say, wait a minute, y'all did some foul shit. Like it wasn't just slavery. It was whistling at white women and then going and being worked to death you know, at a prison camp and being leased out to the local mining company or leased out to the local steel company. Like there was some other shit than just, uh, there was slavery. There was systematic oppression under Jim Crow. There was redlining. There was a lot of fucked up shit. Okay. And that's why we should always tell the truth about it. Yes. We profess these ideals. It did make us the greatest country in the world. And there was horrible, uh, horrible atrocities as well, we I don't think that we have to choose one or the other. I think we can be honest about both. And if we're I, not honest about both, we're going to give fuel to one extreme or the other. I think the what's happening is that I think what we all basically are saying is that we're suffering right now because we let some shit fester for too long. For sure. We didn't, we didn't pay attention to it. We didn't give it the attention it deserved. And I think it's easy to emotionally get wrapped up in judging the current moment without looking at what led us here. Cause you can just look at people and be like, look at these dummies in this state. They walled themselves off and they're getting pizza. But it's like for them in their experience, it probably makes perfect sense. Oh, I'm sure. It yeah. probably oh, makes yeah. perfect they're, they're sense. They're having a blast. A lot of them, they're having an absolute blast. Well, they're, they're, they, for now, <laughs> for now they are. That ain't going to be fun for too long. Especially if you're getting delivered pizza over a wall, you know, already, and y'all just started. Like, it's not going to be cute. It, it, once well, the porta potties get full, yeah, it's they, a brought them, kind of... <laughs> they brought them porta potties. They've been they've been taking their trash, right? So it's kind of like it's, it's, take, it's I wouldn't take my trash. first revolution. No, I wouldn't take their trash, and I wouldn't bring them porta potties either. 
No, I, I'd be like, I no, mean, abolish, abolish civilization, right? That's what you said. Throw it right over the wall. That's the problem. You said, like, <laughs> that's of garbage. That's, right that's an act of that's an act of terrorism from right. a foreign city. Yeah. <laughs> that's a foreign act of terrorism, right there. We can't have that, bro. You know yeah, what happens when you, you commit an act of terror against but, America? But, right? oh, you throw some shit. shit over the wall. It's a wrap. <laughs> but but you don't think? I mean, you don't think at all? Some of this has to do with. With social media and the news, I mean, because with some things, I do think, especially with the race shit, we have talked about it in 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 a lot of dishonest ways on both sides for basically the last fifty years. That yes, is inevitable that these things were going to be coming to a head and people were going to be saying how they really feel, and that's why I'm I'm all for honest debate, right? But we're not having an honest debate right now. We're having religious dogma put out there, and we're all being asked to agree with it, and it's building resentment on the other side. I think some people, are, there's some sincere issues and some sincere feelings that need to be expressed, but especially with a lot of the kids, I mean, who grew up in the most privileged existence in the history of the world. Like, it's just a given you got an iPhone. Like, most kids from most backgrounds got a smartphone that's basically a computer. Most people. Right. Yeah. So this generation, you know, popping off to where they're taking over city blocks and thinking it's a good idea. I don't know how much is that is is really from things where they feel slighted or just there being like a kind of a fashionable narrative that this is like an oppressed fucking police state that we live under. And if well, you've never yeah. lived in another country and got anything to compare it to, I guess it makes sense. But. I don't know if it's sincere. I really think it's social media driven. I think that I think it is social media driven, but it's also sincere because a lot of these people, especially the younger ones, they they're emotionally they're very different than the last few gen generations of people. And it's because of the conversations that's being been being had recently about how people should be treated and the whole political correct thing. Like it's not cool for a boss to treat his employees like crap anymore because it's not good for their emotional well-being and that has an effect on productivity. So these are real conversations being had right now. People want better treatment in the workplace. They want people to be more compassionate. You can't be talking smack to uh, fast food workers. And so- right it's creating a consciousness of people where they can't really take all, a, a lot of extra uh, pressure or slights. And, and, and I'm not saying that they should take it, but they, they feel like they shouldn't have to. And then they also have this flood of information that's showing them all of this violence right. and these policies and things they would have never known about before. But since they have all of this information and they're aligned the way they are emotionally and, and programmed the way they are socially, it all compounds itself into exactly what you're getting right now. That's yeah. why it's happening the way it's happening because they are so emotionally high strung. That that's why they're reacting like this to shit that older people are looking at like, yo, this is the same shit that's been happening for 30 years. So why are y'all so mad? And they're like, they're just way more emotional. Maybe we're just jaded and we don't give a fuck. And they're out there like we can't let this be the world. They might not have any better ideas than some of the politicians or whoever else. And right. the politicians have big money and they're in position to fix things. And they haven't really been paying too much attention to fixing things. So they're in a place where they're just like, anything is better than this. So let's just bug out, you know, and do whatever. And there's also a lot of infiltration. There's a lot of people taking advantage of the chaos. Right. There's so yeah. many things happening right now. It, it's really, it's really a unique situation. I think something that, 
none of us have seen in our lifetime. And that's probably most of the people watching it. Even people who 60 years old watching this probably ain't really never seen no shit like this. Not the way it's being covered on social media, how many states are involved, how serious the damage and the tension is. But I, I still don't see it as being like a... um. I don't think it's a race war or no shit like that, but I think uh, a lot of people are extremely divided and they don't have the nuance and information and, and knowledge and shit like that to have real conversations. So people just out here pissed yelling at each other. The people who are trying to talk sense into the rioters, they don't really know what the fuck they talking about either. It's like the guys who are trying to defend the, uh, the, the rebel flag and shit. They're like, this ain't got nothing to do with racism. And it's like, bro, what are you yelling about? Just, you know, we know what it is. You can be angry. You can want to keep the flag, but don't try to tell us what it means when we already know what it means. Both sides are just yelling. I just, you know what? And, and I would like to think the best of people. And, and, and there's definitely the majority of me that thinks that a lot of it is sincere. But like you said, they, they represent the heart of the conversation, not the brain of the conversation. So they don't necessarily know what to do. They just know that something's wrong and needs to be fixed. And I think that that can be a sincere, sincere impulse. And, it, and it's a good, noble thing. And we need that within our society to keep everybody honest and keep everybody accountable. But when I saw like that this was a worldwide protest, like all over the world, like all over the world, it's in South Korea, it's in Europe, it's all over the world, you're seeing stuff like this. And people are getting like equipment to participate in this. Like, I, f I feel like, I feel like there's, there's something else going on. And I think that that's where that co-opting is. I think people with sincere hearts and sincere intentions are lending themselves to something that could potentially make us look more like China and less like the United States. And I think I think it's because people don't, they've been taught so much not to embrace the positives about this country. All they see is the negative things that we should be holding people accountable for and we should be working to fix. But they think that that is a deal breaker. Like because we have these problems that we haven't fixed yet, it warns that the United States should just not be anymore. Like, they're okay with the shit falling apart. And I think it's because they haven't really considered the alternative. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree, 100%. I, I don't think people understand what the alternative is. And I think, uh, I think that's kind of the nature of a lot of the arguments, even debates, professional debates that we see right now. People want to be right in the debate more than they just want to do right the thing that is right for society more and they don't want to pay attention to what the other person is saying. So a lot of times, even if the other side is doing something right or have some points you agree with, it's Nobody more important. Yeah. It's more important to point out where they're absolutely wrong than right. to give up some ground by saying, this is where we agree, or this is where I think we're closer to agreeing. They want to go all the way to the extreme right. and be like, yeah, but you do this. So the, I think, and that's on both sides. I think if it both is, sides- the, the, the parameters of debate are not designed to foster solutions. Yeah, that's the total problem with the era that we're living in. You know, that's just debate, period. Just the Some debate is productive. Most yes. likely, they're just trying to be correct. Like you can be, you can win a debate and not even be correct if the other right, person right, right, just right, doesn't right. know how to argue the right way. You know what right. I'm saying? You so you can exploit, right. right? And and everybody in the room could know that you're completely that this is a terrible thing right. that you just argued <laughs> for, but you just did a better job at arguing it. 
So that's, that's not a good place to be either. You know what I'm saying? So I think if I think if both sides could work a little bit harder to reach inward towards each other, and I mean, this is the whole. You know where I'm at with this shit anyway. So oh, yeah, the, this is and, just and that's me. what I heard in y'all's. The, the, what I heard the underlining theme of when you guys were both talking about the current layout, it was you know especially when he got into um the idea that police officers need some sort of uh you know whether it's Christianity, some sort of you know anchor to keep them you know ethically independent of some of the horrible shit they see yeah uh metaphysics or we're fucked right yeah 100 percent, bro and the only reason i even have these i mean i I exercise these thoughts just to see where i really stand on them but i personally don't think there's any solution in in that engagement at all i wash my hands of that shit i don't i mean there could be some people i'll put it like this there could be some people out in the middle of this whole thing who uh, meet each other, they yell at each other on the street, and they say a few things, left side, right side, and then they find some common ground, and they might actually bridge some gaps, create some personal relationships, and both of them could come away a little bit smarter and a little bit better because of the interaction. I think that that there's a lot of opportunities for that to happen out here right now. But on a mass scale, the thing that's going to affect those people is not the argument that they had. It's not their political positions. The thing that's going to affect them is the, the emotion. That's it. Yeah. The emotional connection to what they had with that other person and the realization, not the fact that they were both, that they both agreed on something, but the hormonal response they're going to get from finding themselves in that camaraderie and that we got past this argument and now look where we are. That shit is like having a, a endorphin buzz. That's what's going to change them, not the information or the alignment. That's what's changing people. And that's what I'm focused on is getting I'm cut. I want to cut out the entire middleman from for myself anyway, from my own experience and just focus on the other side of that, which is metaphysics or we're fucked. So I just skip all of that other shit. I don't believe in it no more. I, I totally, totally don't think there's any solutions in it. And, and I think to some degree, I think he would probably agree with you, but he would frame it differently. Like right. I like Jeff, you're still gonna vote, and for where you're saying metaphysics or we're fucked, he would he would say the same thing, but in the form of it's the kingdom of Christ. That's the only thing. People's internal transformation by being a part of the kingdom, and that being the only thing ultimately that would that would set the world right. That everything as is can't be fixed with the tools that helped create it. It's it's only gonna further complicate what's already there. Right. And there may be some incremental changes, but it's never designed to turn it on its head and to make it right. It's just to exploit a different group for a different reason. <laughs> That's all that it'll, yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll endlessly evolve. Into. That's what it was made to do. You can't change the function. Well, not can't, but it's very difficult to change the function of a machine that was designed for a specific purpose. Right. And if you want to occupy the footprint of that machine, sometimes you just have to overdrive that shit and let it burn itself down so you could just sweep up and build a new machine. What, what is civil- about the metaphysics or or whatever thing? What are you? What's your? What's this philosophical position? Metaphysics. What is, is, is that? I, I don't believe that uh, any political or you know any type of solution like that is going to work until there's a, a fundamental spiritual change in humans themselves because the policies, the papers, they can all look awesome. But if the people are corrupt to the core, if they don't care, if they don't have compassion, then nothing is ever going to work right. It's not about policy. It's not about Democrats or lefts or rights or green party or climate change or none of that shit. 
if the people themselves aren't spiritually evolved, nothing is going to change. But what do you mean by that? Let's talk about that. What does spiritually evolved mean? What does even spiritually mean to a human or sec human secularist? What is what is spiritual well, literally like etymology of the word to you? What does it mean? Well, the etym etym etymology of the word spirit, as far as I know, is basically translates to breath. That's where it came Ruach, from. Right. That's where it, that's where it came from. So the right. breath is a concept that connects to an unseen force or an unseen energy. The same way uh, that they use for wind, like in Kemet, the the word, yeah. the way they wrote well, spirit was with a flag, because I'm very uh, familiar with it. So the wind is moved by flag. So wind to me, no, I mean that's what it, it's a it's an unseen. Uh, unseen energy basically is what they call it. So I don't un I don't completely ascribe a definition. Or something. Right. He he's he's not gonna he's not gonna call it God. Yeah, I don't and where you, where you would absolutely call it God. I, I, I just like to explore it. So in no way am yeah, I yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I I got you. I got you. I completely got like you. A force. Oh yeah, we're we're not gonna defend uh, or offend each other. So yeah, no, no, yeah, it's all good. I, yeah, I believe in a in a um especially a li a life force, a human life force, because consciousness itself doesn't exist technically in the brain. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, the pictures don't exist inside the TV. So There's are you one of the new there. agers that is like the whole thing is a uh, is some sort of a, a computer simulation or something? It's a super interesting theory. I love it. I love reading about it. I'm not right. convinced like that's what it is, but it's definitely a cool idea that I'm not uh, completely opposed to because, you but, know, there's... But you do agree we're spiritual beings having a physical or a human experience. 100%. 100%. Well, we can agree on that part. So there's yeah. a great... Push. With yeah. an accountability and a responsibility. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Right. Because Absolutely. we here in tandem and uh, we live, I mean, the planet and everything else. I mean, it goes a long way, but I believe yeah. we're all here as an organism to work together for the betterment of all of it. So yeah. I don't think the betterment of just because I want to live in a higher high rise with more air conditioning doesn't mean I get to dump shit in the ocean and tear down the rainforest for hundreds of acres right. at a time. I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I think there should be some type of symbol biotic responsibility that we have with the planet and the environment yep absolutely stewards and, of and with the and with the people because right, if i have all those things but basically are slaves are manufacturing concepts. them for me these are I, all biblical concepts so far so we got and the, even, and even free. we got stewards of the earth and our brother's keeper all biblical foundational concepts so far you believe in so, and I don't so, know how you feel about the timeline of all that, but I, you could say it's pre-biblical too because it, it existed in Hammurabi's code and it existed in ancient Samaria. A lot of this stuff was here before that, but also even that's why, um, I, I mean, I, I don't really, um, I'm not offended by the term or nothing, but I think when people call it new age, it kind of discounts how long these concepts have been around and how long people have been doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so these really things, what it really is is ancient mysticism. It's Kabbalah. Right. I, yeah. I, Kabbalah, yeah. even Kabbalah's even a little bit later because yeah. of the title of Kabbalah. You know what, you know what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. I can tell. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're reading. I know you're reading. So yeah. you get what I'm saying. But that system, that idea has been around for a long time. And it doesn't belong to any one part of the world. It doesn't yeah. belong to any one religion. But there are, but there are ancient priesthoods that predate all of this that we're talking about, like the Mechizedek. Yeah, yep, the Order of Mechizedek. Yep. Priesthoods. These priesthoods are founded in what I'm assuming you would define as human secular knowledge base or something. Right? I don't know what you define it as. I'm curious because... I look at the ancient priesthoods as these were God's initiates. These were his enlightened soldiers. These were the ones that were 
that made the incursion to make a way for this dark place to have what we have now, which is, you know, 50-50. We're at, a, you know, it's, it's a dark place still, but man, it's way more light than it used to be. So from your perspective, if you recognize the ancient priesthoods, what were those, even we can even talk about Zoroastrians, what were they, I mean, do you dismiss them all as morons? Do you, do you see yourself as superior to them, that, that our society is so much progressed that now as regular people like you and me, we read some books and maybe we went to school and now we're more intelligent than the ancient wise men and, and all of those people that preceded us that believed in deity, right? I can't dismiss them. And that's for me, my journey, my testimony, you know, it is sourced in being drawn to all of that if we want to call it Kabbalah and mysticism and all the, you know, matter manipulation, the magi and all of this, right? But when you really get down to it, what is all of that? It's hijacked, corrupted priesthood inheritance. It's not for you. Or it could be, but you have to figure out who you are and you have to orientate yourself correctly. But the point is that what is all of that to you then? All of that ancient stuff, I, I would assume you give reverence to, uh, it came spontaneously because I don't believe in the linear caveman to us uh, awesome, you know, uh, superior, whatever we are right now. I don't believe that at all. I believe that there's arcs and even kind of like a sine wave type of thing where in ancient history, they were doing some things we don't even have the capacity to comprehend. Right. And again, but just coming back to the priesthood, let me, let me just wrap let's, and pass it to you there. What do you, where did they, what were those, what was that priesthood? Is, was it all nonsense or were they, uh, I mean, did they fancy themselves magi? Because I believe that's a blasphemy. The magi is the hijacked version of what was God's gift to uh, a particular group that he was trying to make a way in this place for his people, his seed, you know, uh, being oppressed. So what do you see all of that ancient knowledge we can even talk about Egyptian stuff, which I don't think is as old as like the Enochian stuff or whatever. But where did it all come from? Because obviously it's not spontaneous. Are we going to get into aliens? You said you believe in spirits. So I'm curious. I'm always curious to see where you where they're where they're fallen gods and entities. Do you believe in any of that then? You know, where did all that knowledge come from for, for you and your perspective? Um, from my perspective, I think that well, the way I look at it is there's people can have access to certain things. You know what I'm saying? And I think over time, they built through exercises like meditation. Some people were using psychedelics and there's a lot of evidence for all of that. And what people brought through those experiences, they passed down and it gets refined over time. So I don't know, I can't say that people patched into any specific deity to transcribe what it was telling them. But I know a lot of people in a lot of different places in a lot of different places came up with very similar systems and didn't ascribe it to the same deity. So that means they have access to the same information, similar information, but they don't ascribe it to the same deity. And there's some people who are getting information from things that we probably wouldn't even consider deities. That's more like aliens that turn out to give credence to some scientific discoveries yeah, but and they don't have anything deep, to do with any time. real deep biblical territory here what are you talking about regarding deities what is a deity to a human 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 secularist do deities exist or not 
Well, to to me, as far as I'm concerned, in my experience, I don't have any reason to believe that that any of them actually really exist in the real world. Okay, but dimensionally, let's call it. If we I, we probably can agree. Oh, it's possible. Anything's possible. Okay, Anything's so dimensionally, possible. there was a contact being made with what? Like or just, just it could be just information. You ever heard of something of a concept of something called the Akashic Records? Yeah, but Akashic Records are not randomly appearing. The Akashic Records are believed to be a culmination of ancient wisdom that was right. by something, by a, 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 a something that existed, put it all together to then what, right? Not no, just no, not, no, not something that existed and put it all together. Well, it exists in the fabric of consciousness. The consciousness exists in the fabric of our reality. You surely don't believe it just randomly assembled itself. Well, it wouldn't have to assemble itself. See, you're thinking about um, records, physical records, right? It's not It's not physical records. It's not no. like a library that had to assemble the, itself. The universe it's, has cataloged everything, and certain people can access that catalog. Right, so, okay. But it's so not necessarily that somebody assembled who's it. Who's the universe? What, just by we default? It's, just it's all... consciousness. Well, just, just like you can cut down a tree and read its rings and know how old it is, there's something within... The, the consciousness field that we're operating in, something in this reality. Now, we can debate whether that is a different dimension of reality, but for what he's saying is, hey, there's the Akashic record in the sense that when things happen in this universe in which we're all experiencing this, there's a catalog of that that's created, not necessarily assembled. Certain people can have been able to access that, and yeah. that's where they get that information from. Right. Right. No, it's it's not it's not random because it exists in the fabric of consciousness itself it's not random that's like saying um, that's yeah. like saying a file on a computer is random because you it's buried it's a billion ones and zeros that it's not crazy. random man that's not a good comparison a no it, no because the the way the information is dispersed it's not one thing that was specifically constructed the way it's stored on the computer is broken into billions of bits but it's still readable through that system. It so sounds like a lot of sci-fi, to tell you the truth. And the definitions are very, very hazy and gray and undefined and not fully what is it? This is concepts that we're if talking about. It feels about. comfortable to believe in that. If you find a comfort there in that ambiguous kind of, you know, oh, it just is there, then, you know, by all means. But... I mean, just people accept the same things about other stuff. Well, now I'm not talking about you. See, you you asking me about an idea. I'm not talking about something that is 100% scientifically proven. These are ideas, right? So to me, yeah, ideas, not even theories, because it's not even been approached to the point where it can be a theory. It's just an idea. Right. It's an idea that exists amongst people who discuss esoterics and knowledge and ancient wisdom. This is something that exists in these conversations. Right. And so that's that's good enough for me because I just don't believe I, it comes from a random source or a spontaneous source. I believe it comes from a source that organizes it and presents it for a means and a goal. Not much like the construct which we find ourselves existing. And it's not going to just be, you know, uh, how could we even absorb or interpret or appreciate something that is not formed for us to actually you know because you have to do as far as this uh, yep. information is concerned you have to be involved you got to be involved in certain types of work and certain types of ritual to even access it to right. even understand it and, and if you're not involved and that's what create the priesthood it because they were different they were held separate from other people 
it wasn't just for everybody. The, the, the reason I don't I don't take a hard exactly. line on any any of this is, you know, like in the story with Elijah calling down fire, you know, it's very clear. Hey, if Baal be God, let Baal send down the fire. If uh, Yahweh is God, let Yahweh send down the fire. And the fire was sent down, and there was no longer a dispute who was God is. But he can't show us the Akashic record. You can't show us God. We're all technically talking about this in concepts. And we right. all technically have to have some degree of belief because we're talking about something that we can't see. But but it's how we're making sense of it all. And, and that's why I kind of stay agnostic about a lot of the shit because when I look throughout history, to a certain degree, it just depended on who was in power whether the priests were going to even be in good standing. And there were certain situations where the the priests were using this knowledge to take advantage of people. There was times where the priests were using this knowledge to get the king murdered, you know, and there's this conflict between the priestly class and the, the, uh, the, the uh, imperial class. You know, it depends on what civilization you're talking about and what epoch of history. And then, you know, under um, Christendom, when, you know, the pope basically becomes you know, the, the, the de facto king of all of Europe, right, or most of Europe, you know, then, then, then the priests are actual scientists. And then those scientists have to hide the truth and they have to go into hiding, you know? So, or, or, or you know, and I don't see that as being much different from, like, the Essenes being in Qumran, separated right. from the rest of civilization. So it has to do with who's in power and who's going to get killed for what idea. And that's why I like the idea of living in a civilization where we don't kill or excommunicate anybody for an idea, but just an action. Like as long as you, you know, so because so that gives everybody the opportunity to explore. And also, I think whatever the truth is, that's going to be the best way to get to the truth is when everybody's allowed to express it. Nobody's being killed for their ideas. And then the truth can be the truth. But in my experience, nobody's been able to present anything that's going to definitively ever change anybody's mind because at some point you're getting into the um, the realm of belief. But I definitely, I definitely think that you do have overlap, right? In what in, in some of these concepts, you definitely can go all over the world and see some of these ideas. I can't explain how the Sumerians got thousands of years of star charts, but there was people that were watching the stars. There was people that knew when to harvest. There was people that knew when to plant. And there was people that understood when the sun was going to be eclipsed, right? And some of these civilizations started talking about these concepts as gods. This is the god of agriculture. This is right. the god of animal husbandry. This is the god of, you know, for all of these things that they were trying to explain. But yeah, at some point in the story, I mean, all the stories seem to say they interacted with something, right? That somebody gave them this shit. So that's where I kind of check out and just say, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's right. just, okay, psychedelics, and then people started knowing this shit. Because even if you're taking psychedelics and you're tapping into something, I mean, and you get a good idea and you pass that down to the next generation, so the, the, Sumeria didn't what last 10,000 years from to watch the stars that long. What amazing, what amazing invention and contribution to society did your ayahuasca experiences uh, provide? Nothing. Well, I don't think anybody here is taking nothing. ayahuasca. Well, it's no, a I wouldn't. Thing. I wouldn't I'm say not, nothing. I'm just saying. I wouldn't okay. say nothing. Psychedelics have made large contributions to human advancement. A whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot. 
especially think- in especially in music, art, philosophy, all of those areas. And ayahuasca is an extremely important experience for a lot of people who've had it. To discount it from the outside doesn't make any sense at all. It's like this is something that existed for for a very long time that helped people interact with their environment in a certain way and create a certain uh, spiritual consciousness. And people from outside of those places where it grows naturally have been able to put themselves there and have these experiences that are life-changing absolutely life-changing for people and not to mention and some of those people are leaving those uh those ayahuasca ceremonies and then going on to make contributions to humanity after that so you might not ever know that they took this and had that experience and went on to do something else great it's a very very important thing for humans to be able to interact with psychedelics and i think chaz is a good example for this uh, Chaz, but, Chaz is good an example for this because everybody that went there said it reeked of weed, and I think weed will do two things. Uh, wow. George Carlin called it a value-changing drug. I think it does make you more compassionate. It does make you see yourself and others. Now, whether that's the only way to get there, as opposed to spiritual discipline of treating your neighbor as yourself, you know that that's a debate worth having. But I think people that smoke a lot of weed, they naturally are or they, they tend to become more compassionate but they also be, can become less disorganized so i think they're the you know chaz they're very much about we love people we want to help people but they can't get a garden going i, I think it's so, not good to make generalizations about how people react to certain drugs because i think different people oh, it for can sure. benefit them yeah. and other people it's totally doesn't what I would like to say about the ayahuasca, but but we can we can agree that there you you don't find people getting in fist fights at like uh, smoke shops like like you do at bars. Maybe, like but I bet you a bunch of the riders to be that trends. started fires to things lit up blunts before they went. So I don't really uh, feel fair like enough, those theories, fair those theory, that theory doesn't hold. It, every person's different. So for the DMT or the ayahuasca, the way I addressed it, as far as not making any contributions, I guess I mean more in terms of like you know, are uh, not artistic stuff, right? But I recognize the spiritual contribution of these kinds of things. One of the books I direct you to by Rick Strassman is DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Oh, I got it. I have it. So that was a foundational type of experiment where, you know, you're familiar with it. You can see the different people and their different experiences. And it's all over the board, frankly. Okay. But... You can't deny that there are some benefits for some of those people that he, you know, he uh, highlighted. A lot, a lot. That's why I said it's important for people to have access to it. I don't think it's like, oh, everybody should just do it. But I think it shouldn't be stigmatized like, oh, it's this, it's that. I think people should be able to interface with that to figure out if it's something that's going to aid them in what they're doing with their life, especially when it comes to spiritual things. It should be on the table, just like they're legalizing bud right now, which should have never been illegal in the first place. This should be on the table with uh, mushrooms. All of these things should be available to humans to figure out how it's going to affect them and what type of experience they're going to have. Is it going to be beneficial for me to make to just have it be illegal and stigmatized by society is kind of silly at this point because we know what it's doing. Now they're using mushrooms to treat PTSD in people because yeah, uh, because they know for a fact this is not no, no woo-woo stuff. They know for a fact that it helps to rebuild neural pathways in the brain that helps you destroy PTSD. Facts. And this is what it does. And this is what the hippies were saying when they were laying in the grass in the 70s and everybody thought they were stupid. But now the science exists and it's true and it's possibly saving people's lives. 
This is what I'm saying. You shouldn't have to wait till you have PTSD for some doctor and to, to tell you whether or not you can have an experience with a plant or a mushroom or anything like that. These are things that naturally occur in our environment. We should be able to experience them without threat right. and, of being arrested. I, I agree with you. And I, I don't think we should discount people's personal experience, especially if it's effectual. Like if a person says, you know, I was addicted to drugs, you know, I gave my life to Jesus and now, you know, I'm an upstanding citizen. I have peace in my mind. I'm, I have better relationships. You know, th that that is that shouldn't be discounted and dismissed any more than, hey, you know, I was having I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with this, this, this or that. And, you know, I got in touch with some of these substances. It made me more compassionate. It made me able to see myself and other people. And it gave me more peace of mind. You know, if, if you know, I, I can't say that's going to be everybody's experience. Because then, you know, people can say the same thing. Well, I went to church and I felt nothing. Or I, I took mushrooms and I'm still pissed off. You know, but you, well, but everybody is, should, science. everybody should. biological science, yeah. though, as far as these things are concerned. I wouldn't suggest people go get a bunch of mushrooms and just eat them and see what right. happens. I would, I would say that we need some type of centers and people where you can have places where you can have controlled experiences on different doses, different types of music, different lighting. Like there should be places you can go where people are professionally facilitating these experiences. So I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say just pop it and see no, what no, happens. No, no, no. Well, you know what, I'm well, what I'm saying is but the nobody, difference, nobody should be forbidden from being right. able to say, hey, I, I think there's some value to this. You should, it shouldn't be a is, constant fight with the government. The difference is what's happening with mushrooms is actual biological science, and it doesn't hinge on maintaining a belief. So if you give a person, so if a person decides they want to be a Scientologist and they say that fixed their life, and now, you know, I used to want to be violent and steal from people, but Scientology fixed me. That's based on sustaining a belief. So if you find out Scientology is not true or you have a falling out with your organization, does that mean now that you walk away and you go back to doing the things that you said you wanted to do before you found Scientology? Because now your belief is not supported anymore. When it comes to these psychedelics, especially in controlled experiences, these things are physically changing your brain chemistry to make you less likely to suffer depression, social anxiety, all these different things. So the, the, the physical changing of the brain chemistry makes you have a real hormonal experience different from the one you had before the psychedelic experience. You know what I'm saying? So it's not based on whether or not you believe in psychedelics. It's a real biological after effect of the experience. It's measurable. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't have anything to do with your belief system. That's why I think it's something that we definitely should be putting into our society for people to interface with. If you don't want to, then you don't want to. If it's not for you, it's not for you. That's awesome. But there's a lot of people out here. I mean, we already we pumping people full of how many different type of drugs on the market are there right now oh, for yeah. depression? Yeah. Just for depression alone. So why wouldn't psilocybin a naturally a, a something that grows naturally in our environment? Why wouldn't that be on the table for discussion? No, it, it's absurd that people can't pursue that. I, I do think it is. It it just kind of I think strikes some people as suspicious that the popularity of basically having a religion without God, whether it's just mind science shit, whether it's, you know, political, uh, religious talking points, you know, and a dogmatic approach to politics. It all just kind of seems like human beings are trying to draft um, religion uh, with, without God, even in like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go talk to a psychiatrist. Well, people used to go and confess to priests, you know, right. well, I'm going to, 
I'm going to give up. I'm going to have sober October like Joe Rogan does, you know. Well, that's kind of like Lent, you know, where people are like, I'm going to get rid of this shit for a while and reevaluate, you know, fasting and prayer and, you know, or whether we want to call it meditation. It just seems like there's this push to get God out of the equation. Like, okay, whatever we can do to get all of these same concepts, we just don't want them uh, attached to God. And then it becomes a little bit more suspicious where, um, like, Jesus and Christianity are the only thing within the culture where it's totally acceptable for you to mock. Like, people will jump up and censor that shit if it's—if if, it doesn't even have to be disrespectful, you know, it could, it can be mathematical, like— Okay, you could argue the South Park drawing Muhammad perfectly legal. We shouldn't change our culture because another culture in another country says it's, you know, disrespectful. Like they should have the right to do that. We self-censored our shit ourselves uh, um in an instance where we would never do that. Like in the wrestling match between Jesus or the devil or where you know where de- the devil and Saddam Hussein are fucking. <laughs> you know, we we're like, okay, Christian mythology, we can make fun of that all day. But even when Sam Harris is talking to uh, Ben Affleck, and it's like, yeah, 65% of Egyptians polled, you know, said that, yeah, um, you know, death is is a reasonable punishment for being an apostate to the religion. Like, there was so much quickness to defend that to say, no, no, you can't say that. That's racist. You're just, you're not saying let's throw Islam out or fuck Islam. You're just saying, hey, they took a poll. People that are Islamic concluded this. There's such a quick a rush to defend that, but everybody's okay with shitting on Christianity. Like, so it just begins to look suspicious. Answer yourself that question. Not, not for my answer, not anybody else's answer. You have to answer that question for yourself. Why? Alex Jones says it's because there's a Luciferian new world order religion. (laughs) Well, in the world, I can't agree with Alex Jones because he's crazy. <laughs> you know? Hey, by his own words, he said he was kind of retarded. <laughs> That's what he said. But just because someone is retarded doesn't mean they can't be brilliant. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. I think he's one of those people, he's one of those love to hate kind of guys where I never follow him and listen to him. Not like that, but every now and then he'll have some stuff that's super interesting and well-crafted and something that deserves to be listened to. But I think he'll drive you crazy if you take him too seriously for too long. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do a best of Alex Jones every week. No, it's too much, bro. Maybe do every other week. I can't take 15 hours of Alex Jones. Yeah. To find the best clips every week, I can't do it. Any, and I just found out he has a Sunday show, oh, wow. which is like another three hours. I can't do eighteen hours in a week, yeah, dude. It's too I can't much. do it. It's way too much, bro. But no, I definitely, I definitely uh, think it's uh, powerful that people are at least approaching these things outside of the realm of a of a, a you know monotheistic uh, situation, because I think it's important that people like uh, okay, there's some things that are going to be beneficial regardless of why you do them, right? So the original people who were doing yoga were not doing it for the same reasons that the soccer mom in in California is doing yoga right now. But she is still receiving physical and spiritual benefits from doing yoga. So even if she doesn't believe in the same deity, if she doesn't recite the same sutras or whatever it is while she's doing it, but she's doing these body movements, she's holding these positions, she's getting stronger, she's settling her spirit, she's getting rid of her stress, and like she's still receiving all of these benefits. So in that sense, I think it's, it's fine and maybe preferred 
for her to still get these physical and spiritual benefits without necessarily having to subscribe to a specific deity that might be attached to those practices. I think that's good that people do that because there's, there's going to be a lot of discrepancy. And, the, and, and to tell the truth, it's really just going to be up to whatever consciousness that exists out there. It's going to be up to it to, to contact people in their personal experience to give itself any type of life or any type of existence. So it's not nobody else can convince you of a God. It's going to be something that you personally go through that forms and shapes that experience for you and teaches you what you think, how to define this God and how to define the whole thing. So I think the only thing that matters is personal experience. So however these people get those benefits, whatever interface or whatever modality they call it or system they approach to better themselves and to get themselves to a, to a higher vibration, then I'm all for it. And I don't think it has to be attached to any specific God, because if it's a good system, you're still going to receive all the benefits, all the benefits. I, I think so. But I, but I also see, too, whenever anybody talks about a system or an ideal, like this is how people should be. This is what righteousness looks like. Like, even if the ideas exist, like you could find them in Samaria, you can find them in Egypt, you can find them in certain uh you know, stories in Nordic mythology or, or Grecian mythology or Assyrian mythology. I, I do think that it all kind of culminates in the Jesus story, whether you believe it was literal, whether you believe it was like an allegory or a creation of the Essenes talking about the great teacher, you know, 200 years earlier, the idea that it puts you at enmity with exploit the exploitative practices of religion it puts you at enmity with the exploitative practices of government. It puts you in a position where you don't value money or resources, even the resources you need to survive, more than principles. And those principles are geared towards cooperation and service and respect of life and your fellow man. Like when anybody ever talks about like the concept of righteousness or what we should be moving towards, for me in my study, I can't. I can't shake the idea that it basically comes down to, even if we want to call it something different, that's why I don't get caught up on the semantics of it, we have to call it this. I'm just, I'm not there. I, I, my mind doesn't work like that. I just hear like, that's the kingdom of heaven. Like that's the kingdom of heaven where people aren't, people are, are connected with each other in a spiritually enlightened way to such a degree that they're no longer pawns in these games that religions and governments play and therefore, they can no longer be an exploited mass of people, right, that are at always at war for resources with each other. And they're thinking in terms of, well, you know, it's my duty, so I got to do it. You know, that's where all that Nazi shit comes from. I was just doing my job. And so, and so a story about some dude who's like, okay, you're a tax collector? Fuck it. Let's go. Or you're a fisherman? Fuck it. Let's go. Like, let's not – we're going to invest our energy into something different. And it's not just going to be for food or water. There's principles that people need to hear about how we should be living and interacting with one another. Because at the heart of everybody's spiritual practice or spiritual ideology, whether they want to call it something or define it somewhere else, and, and it's fashionable to do it in different ways, ultimately that's what people always get to. Like, that, that, that's the goal. So that's why I think, too, every, every kind of practice or religion, at some point they have to... They have to deal with Jesus in some way or categorize him in some way 
because there's no getting around the fact that like, well, again, not saying anybody, you have to believe it literally or advocating one way or another, whether it's just a story, an allegory or actual events. But those concepts, they're, they're interwoven into everything that anybody would call would call righteousness when we're talking yeah. about even from a political perspective. Like, you know, th- those kids and what they're doing in Chaz, they're, you know, it may be in a very rudimentary and somewhat of a violent way in some right. aspects, yeah, but they're but trying they're to build the kingdom. But they're right. missing the leader part. Like Jesus is the ultimate servant leader. So he's not just a servant or just idealistic or just have, you know, other humans in mind kind of thing. He was also leading it. Like, and so if you aspire to leadership position that edifies and lifts up your fellow man, now you're following in the example of the ultimate servant leader. All the other stuff is nonsense that man makes up all the religiosity and the churchiosity and even the nonprofits and all these things. Not saying that there's good things you can say about him. I'm just saying that's not Jesus wasn't about that structure or that system. He transcended this place and what got built up around him and the Pope and all of that. Okay. Is not what when you read it for yourself and you really study it, you know, honestly, not with, you know, an agenda, you can see that it's not what he said you know that's not what he was doing or uh, most of the church or a large part of the church that you see today it's man's fault man always corrupts everything that's just the nature of it whether we're talking about that ancient knowledge and having that and corrupting it or we're talking about a free gift it's the only faith that you don't have to work your way up oh now i'm a number whatever oh i just got my next degree oh now i reach zen oh whatever i'm working my way oh you're not there yet oh you better keep working your way but you're gonna die before you get to where you get and then you got to come back here and do it all over again that's not what jesus says that's so, all but that's all that also all counts the as the corruption that, uh, that all also counts as the corruption though that you would all that stuff you just mentioned that counts as the corruption too there's nowhere there's nowhere in the actual doctrine where you find uh what level of zen are you on yet like that's that's part of the corruption you know what i'm saying this is not working no when you said said how how man corrupts everything but this this system has this thing installed in it but other systems have you have to work your way up they're telling you that you have work to do as a human christianity tells you the same thing it doesn't tell you that you're perfect the way you are, and I'm gonna. It, it gives you some rules and regulations that you should follow if you want to be in good grace. Yeah, but and, you're forgiven. And, and even in that, at the last second. Even, but that's not something that that is even uh, completely agreed on within Christianity. Well, who cares about what within Christianity? Men are gonna bicker about everything to the end of time. You read that's, it. For, that's so, the whole point. Well, well, that's I, the whole I, think, point. I think you. I think you could point to the text though that even when you start talking about the fruits of the spirit. There's 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 evidence of some sort of behavior and maturity in that knowledge. That's I think doctrinally, salvation. you're getting into works. No, 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 no. But but that's no, no. But but, but I think it's no, not based we, on works, man. Right, 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 that's right. scriptural. It's not based on works. It's no, 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 a free no, no. gift. If yeah, but that, that's not what I'm saying. That's not that's, that, that's that's not what I'm saying. In, right. I'm not I'm not saying that so, you're say, that that you're okay. Because here here's the big difference. We we actually had this conversation the other day because i pointed out like out of all the monotheistic religions textually again from the source not in practice in the practice it could be different so from the source out of the three monotheistic religions christianity is the only one that's saying that 
that God is the greatest and there's nothing you need to do for God and that you don't need to kill for God. Like Judaism is like, yo, we got to we got to kill for God. Islam, yo, sometimes you just got to kill for God. You just got to do it. Christianity is the only one that's like, no, there's never a circumstance where you need to kill on my behalf. But again, in practice, there was Christians that killed people on their behalf. And in practice, there's Muslims and Jews who are like, I'm not killing on behalf of God. I'm just not doing that. Whatever. We've, we've evolved in our thinking. But I think doctrinally, the idea that you're trying to get across is um, Christianity is the only monotheistic religion where God is the only one that makes man great. There's nothing that you can do to be made right in the eyes of God. Right? That That's what you're saying. So is there anything that you can do to remove yourself from that free gift? Doctrinally, they would say no, but I see what you're saying. It's not like, okay, you got saved, that's it. There are religious principles because that's what the epistles are. The epistles are Paul and the other apostles saying, hey, this is what you need to do. And they and, once and, saved, always saved thing here. If a person accepts the gospel, can they then reject it? Is that the question? No, when you said it's the only religion that you don't have to work your way up, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. And you, there's nothing that you have to do to absolutely nothing. And is there anything you can do to you, to put yourself outside of the grace you, of that free gift? Well, you got to understand what is the gift. No, I'm not, I'm not even worried about what the gift is. I'm saying, well, is there anything you can do? Is in order to know if you can accept it and can you lose it? Because if it's, such I just a, want to know if you can lose it. Well, if you can lose it, is a free choice of yours. So, but, I can't you, but you can lose it. If you choose to reject God, you have that choice to reject God. Okay, so and, that's, that's and all. So, God, absolutely. It's just no, like, I'm just saying, when you said there's nothing that you need to do. And you said, no, thank you. You have to accept it. You have to accept it. So when, okay, so when you say there's nothing that you need to do, and maybe I'm not phrasing it right, I'm saying, is there anything physically on this earth that you could do to make God say, I'm taking my gift back? You can't have it. I'm taking my gift back. You like can't. you can't have it. Not saying I refuse the gift. Is there anything I could do to make God say you can't have it anymore? I mean, I guess right, that could, would revoke like, if you go, that would revoke. You're, you're gonna, exactly. Revoke you're trying to put me in a hypothetical that says, Oh, hi, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go murder this person over here, do any <laughs> other heinous thing I want. And God isn't going to take it away from me because he said it's a free gift and I accepted it. I'm just so asking. I'm trying to figure it out. I, so I, I hear you. You sound just like a Sadducee or Pharisee. So you're welcome to make those kinds of statements. But it's not a matter of like, I gotcha. Because once you start studying the scripture and the gospel, these things will become evident to you. So it's foolishness to those who dismiss it. I'm not going to be able to sit here and enlighten you by giving you a couple of, of debates back and forth. If you want it, you got to go seek it. If you think it's a joke, then it's a joke to you. And I can't do much more for you than pray for you. But I'm not going to debate you into accepting the free gift or convincing you that it makes the logical sense in your definition of your intelligence. It transcends all of that. So all I can tell you is if you want it, you can seek it out and it'll be given to you. It's not for me to give to you. I can, I can, I'm happy to talk with you about I like talking about this stuff. But by no means should you think that I can convince you through my... Oh, wit. no, no, not at all. Not I, at all. Not at all. That's not what that's about. I'm just trying I think to get the, clarity. From the I, think the, I think the, I think the concept the is... It'll, it'll be revealed to you. I can guarantee you that. 
I think I think I think the idea and the concept in that whole thing is the notion that it's arrogant for man to think that he can do anything that would impress God. If if a God exists, the notion that we can do anything that would impress God or make us worthy before God is just silly. So like if I kill these people and take over their land and I spread their name or I, you know, I colonize these people and you know, and, and teach them your message. If I do this, then I'm doing your work and I'm on board with you. Right. I, right. I just think as a theological concept, it just conveys, Hey, uh, nothing you can do, uh, is gonna, is going to be impressive to God whatsoever. However, I, I, I don't think there's any way that you can look at the new Testament and say that there's the, ah, I don't want to say strings attached because, again, the concept that we could do anything that would impress a deity is is just stupid. So I think that's a high theological concept that comes to terms with, again, if there is a God, I'm not going to argue with somebody if there is or isn't, but if there is a God, could anything that we could do in our limited scope of influence and control be impressive? No. I, I think that's a logical conclusion. But But yes, we do have to be patient. We have to be kind. We have to be loving. You know, if if there was because because then we're getting away from, you know, why would why would Jesus lay out any principles of the kingdom, you know, if those principles weren't supposed to be enacted? And it's not that it would be contingent upon whether or not salvation you would get salvation because those principles because you enacted those principles. It's not what salvation is based upon. Right. Theologically. But of course, there's expectations with with how we manifest that belief in how we treat each other and how we act. And there is a theological argument made that if you truly came to terms with that theological concept, here is some characteristics that should accompany you. Like you shouldn't be arrogant. You shouldn't be mean spirited, right? You should, you should be patient because you should have been on the receiving end of all of these concepts, right? that you should be able to carry those out to other people. So I think that's what he's saying when he talks about, you know, there's some work to be done. Like there, there is something to be said about maturity and spiritual discipline and, and manifesting those principles. No, I'm, I, I would think that's what I was trying to get to the bottom of. I would think so. I would feel like it would come with some type of set of uh, not maybe maybe you could call them rules, but something that comports with the reality of people. If you align yourself and refer to yourself at this as this specific thing, then there should be some stuff that comes along with that that lets us know from the it's outside looking in. Abstract. It's just more abstract, and it frankly, it's spiritual. Like so, it transcends just some man debate words back and forth, or like literal spelling out of things. So there's a list we can examine if. And your seat, the Holy Spirit is indwelling per your invitation and your acceptance. Okay, just like you, if you're into spiritism, you invite other spirits into you. But if you're into the Holy Spirit, you ask for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And now the people of the book, as they're called by many faiths around the world, dwell in the book because the book's the living word of God. And now I'm getting into some abstract sci-fi stuff that... Most people that don't understand the gospel or care to seek it out in, you know, truth and and seeking it through from the source, like I said, it starts to make not make sense. And so all I can tell you is that your your discernment 
and your very spirit of yourself is adjusted to where you want to do those things. You yearn to do those things. Are you going to mess up? Are you going to curse people out sometimes? Are you going to maybe flick somebody off? Hopefully not. You might, but you're going to be work. If you're, if he's dwelling in you, if the Holy Spirit is the Ruach is dwelling in you, you're going to want to fix that. You're going to feel repentant about doing that. You're not going to feel like, yeah, that's right. I smashed that guy's face in the dirt and I'm the king for today. That doesn't, that is not Holy Spirit driven. That mentality, you see a person professing Christianity acting like that, they're lying to you. You know, but is, isn't, but isn't the very, so, well, let me just sum up. So in yeah. the end, there's not like you have this literal list you have to follow. There's examples. And as you immerse yourself in scripture, these things become evident to you in a way that really heart, it transcends our, our little words here. So, you know, you gotta be, but, you gotta be dwelling with the Holy spirit to really, to really get it. But, but I think that that gets it. Cause this was, this was the problem with Judaism becoming corrupt, which I think you could say, if you look at the story of Jesus and the modest way that he'd lived, I think you could look at a modern day prosperity gospel and kind of make the same thing. Like, okay, you took a concept and you ran with it, but clearly it's, it's to enrich yourself, right? That's, that's the main, the main purpose of transforming the message into this. So over time, you know, the 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 purpose of the those ideas could be practiced in a different way. And so I think the whole point of the Jesus story is the Jews had come up with all the, you know, the Babylonian Talmud, they 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 were arguing about all the concepts to the point that they missed what the fuck righteousness was about. So they would come to the point where they would say, Hey, uh, you know, I'd really love to help you out, mom and dad. I understand that you're starving. Uh, I understand that you can't make your rent this month, but listen, I got to go to church today and I got to pay my tithe. So if it comes between giving my tithe to God or taking care of you, I got to give my money to God. And so it's like, wait a minute, if you're using this religion as a concept to not help the people around you, then you've missed the point of the religion. And so I, I think that's, you know, when you, when you compare the New Testament to the Old Testament, it's G, It's the New Testament basically just saying, hey, uh, you guys are missing the point. Like all of these, all this religious shit and all of these high level concepts and all these endless debate, it's not making you, it's not making you righteousness. It's just giving you excuses to not be righteous, but still be seen as religious. And I think the story or the concept of if if there was a God and if God was a person and he had to kind of teach people what it was like you've got all these words but you've missed the point of the words and you've got this endless debate but you just need to know what to do that that to me is what the the gospel stories are it's like okay you're going to be at enmity with the with the political body that's exploitive you're going to be at enmity with the religious body that's exploitive but you're going to be interacting with people in a way where your life becomes a life about loving people and and serving people. And if whatever your religious debate or principles are, if they don't lead you to that point, then that's you've missed the purpose of what a religious pursuit is supposed to be about. Yeah, I, I agree with you when you said um when you said if you're not doing that right, then you just kind of missed the point of the religion. I think that's a super powerful 
statement to even make because a lot of people don't make that statement. When you see people who call themselves Christians acting wrong, most of us from the outside looking in say that's Christianity. We don't say those are people doing Christianity wrong. You know what I'm saying? When people were riding around on horseback, chopping the heads off people, calling them witches. Right. We don't say (laughs) we don't say that they were bad Christians. We say that this is wrong. Yeah, we say that this is how Christianity spread itself around the country. I heard in a debate, they asked the guy once, what do you think did more for the spread of Christianity? Was it, uh, was it the sword or was it the Holy Spirit? And the guy said the Holy Spirit. And he was pretty much like, well, debate's over then. I mean, what could we even talk about? Because when you are actually physically murdering thousands of people because they won't confess right. that they're Christians, that can definitely change how your message spreads across the land and how the next town you get to is going to receive your message. You know what I'm saying? So I think to be able to look at it and say, these are people who are doing Christianity wrong is actually a huge, huge step in the right direction. I mean, we basically should just be letting people explore what works for them without too much, uh, too much garbage happening. I think if you want to, you want to hold on to some crystals to calm yourself down and meditate, that should be fine. If you want to go to church on Sunday and read the Bible, that should be fine. The problem comes when we aren't uh, settled into our own experience enough to let that experience be all we need. What we're doing is telling other people, you know that Bible ain't going to work for you. You need to come rock with these crystals. And they're saying, well, you know them crystals ain't shit. You need to get into right. this whole spirit. And I think both of those people are wrong. I think we, if people are moving in a positive direction and they're building themselves, they get, I mean, we can all pretty much agree what the right direction is for most of our lives as far as society is concerned. Like if you're deteriorating and stressed out and depressed and you're probably not going in in the right direction versus if you're happy and you and your family are getting along good and there's no domestic abuse, you probably are moving in in the right direction. We can probably agree on most of that stuff. So whatever it is that you utilizing to get into those places, we should, there there shouldn't really be anything to argue about. Honestly. Well, if you know, it may be that you just have to say the right name. Like you got to say Jesus or that, that's what I'm saying. That's wrong. That's it, that's destroying well, our society. But the, the the so this is where I'm at on it is is the truth I don't know. I don't know. I feel like for me to be so confident one way or another for me personally, I I would just feel arrogant. And, and you know, like the letter J didn't exist to like the 13th century. So there was no letter J to say you got to say these syllables in this order, it, or otherwise it doesn't count. I, I I just I just can't subscribe to that, especially when there's there's verses like you know by their fruits you shall know them. You how know about, what I mean? How about and a back good tree- DMT book. Uh, you read the DMT book. There was a I didn't read the DMT people, book, but all right. Well, the, one of the stories in there was about a person uh, calling out to Jesus, named specifically not a Christian. That was having an experience under the DMT that was not uh, fun. And that is not an uncommon thing. Uh, I don't know how much uh, into the occult you are, if this is something that you've read up on before, either of you. But uh, you find these stories by, uh, you know, people that would profess themselves occultists or even potentially Satanists that say when you get into tryst with spiritual workings that a way that you can get out of it is call on the name of jesus even if you're not i've heard i've heard that about alien abductions too sure so we could dismiss all that and say it's nonsense 
we can get into the phonetics of the name, uh, the fact that we're in a Latin Vulgate. Right. 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 So right. we can get into all that. It's an awesome conversation, but I don't think you're going to come to like some sort of, you know, right. Right. Well, well, but here's here's the philosophical question that I would pose is when, when you say Jesus as a as a set of syllables and sounds one after the other, is that more an identifier of that character, right? Or would would we say that the fruits of the spirit and those concepts, right? That it's because it's not just saying Jesus, because Spanish well, people, people name their, their kid Jesus all the time. Right. And people right? around the world say it's a common word. Jesus right. and right, 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 right. There's different languages, yeah, Russian. But, but, sure I, but, but don't you think, like, when you're talking about magic or consciousness or There's intent, stuff about spoken word, absolutely. But, but but right, but it's also about intent. Like you kind of know what you mean, right? Right. So yeah. I so I think well, there's a set of Jesus characters mean? and principles. Jesus mm-hmm. is salvation. That's the transliteration of the word. Essentially, is salvation. Mashiach, the the savior, the salvation, Jesus. Well, we also have a lot of people have been indoctrinated with that for a long time. So I don't know if that would be any type of evidence to the validity of what they're calling on. Oh, but it's more evidence of the fact that this is what's buried deep down right, in their psyche. A culture that, yeah. that acknowledges as such, yeah. It's just buried in their psyche so deep that when they get into those places where they're in the unknown, they're worried. But there's, you no, know. But there's no other buried under psyche people from any, any no one yells out to Buddha, oh, Buddha. Or, no, I would admit No, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not true. That's not true. It depends Nobody on the culture. The- it depends on the dominant culture of where that person is from well, and the experience that they have. Save huh? me. That's that's a that would be a total misnomer because Buddha's not. Oh a- yeah, yeah. But no, I but- mean not Buddha specifically. But I mean it depends on where those people are from and what that is. But that's also not like you said. That's, that's not the yeah, capacity. Sure. Oh, but all the stories that, that we're kids. referencing though are in Western culture, and we'll agree that Western culture. Well, Christianity as a cultural element is is heavily yeah, influential. Oh yeah. Right. yeah, it's important to have the whole context though of the whole. You know, we don't want to be just in the microcosm of the U.S. I agree, it's important to reflect what it is here. But compared to the world, I think that context is much more important. What we got going on in America is, is oh for strange. for sure. But I mean, could could we agree? Like when someone says, you know, Jesus wants you to send me that thousand dollar seed. No, like, that, and Jesus that's going to make sure you're. No, right, 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 but but right. but that's the same thing. We're we're invoking a name, but even though we're saying the sounds in the same order and we have the same syllables, we've missed identifying the character. Yeah, so I hear you, I, so, I hear you on that. I yeah. don't know. I, I know when I've had some of my biggest struggles in life, which I'm not going to get into specifics, but I've no, had no, no, no. But I, I wouldn't the, discount the your personal experience at all. And yeah. I, you know. Speaking that name, calling out to that name, dark place, all by myself, kind of thing. There, there is not. It has saved me from the darkest places. So you know, as far as testimonies go, and uh, you know, people can dismiss that when they don't personally have those experiences. They can write it off to just mind feel good tricks and stuff, and whatever makes you feel good. But when you have those experiences, it doesn't matter what other sciencey academic types tell you. That's going to transcend any of the man words and special books that they've written. You have the experiences and it changes you. So then from a Christian perspective, rather than arguing someone into your faith or right, right, right. Them to submit or demanding a, a, a payment or something, if they don't or whatever, you pray for them. And but, if, but, but, but that I makes would, perfect sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. But I'm, I'm totally happy for you on your journey 
to seek out your understanding of spiritual and I will be praying for you. And, and that doesn't mean I'm praying for uh, some sort of victory or so I can put a mark on the wall and go, Oh, look, I, you know, you got them. That's not, it's not of me at all. I'm just a, I'm just a vessel here, broken, trying to help other people find their way to. That's dope. That's dope. Like that. That's my perspective. Other, I like the diversity where other people are at. Because frankly, there's a lot of uncomfortable, you know, the church stuff. I just did that recently where I went on this whole thing, a whole year of visiting churches. Because, you know, I kind of had a, I don't know if I call it a beef. I almost feel guilty saying that, but a disappointment, you know. And, uh, but you get reacquainted with it. And you have to remember, it's all representation of man's imperfections, not God's imperfections. So all the time we reflect and criticize Oh, look at these hypocrites. Oh, look at what this body did or this group did. It's all just men making mistakes purposely on accident, whatever, right? And it doesn't represent the truth in what I have found as Jesus, right? You don't you you say maybe a deity made it, maybe an energy, but whatever. It transcends all this incorrect well, brokenness. Could, could man. We, and that's the real worth to seek that out is the real worth, not to get I, so involved I in all. I completely this. agree. One hundred percent agree. Could, and could we could we agree that even within the Jesus story, most of the time people didn't even know what he was talking about. It was it was they were befuddled. It was mysterious. Absolutely. But but it but he it was in parables. Yes, a hundred percent. But 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 in but he he so he didn't debate anybody into agreeing with him. He debated when he was attacked, and he had it to make an argument of why the tricks that the people who were exploiting religion around him and how they were kind of using people and, and it was all about them and not helping anybody. Like, yeah, he, he kind of put them to shame when they tried to, to trap him. But, but mostly me, was just acting out in service that people got it. So I well, think... That, that, yeah. that part right there, just I don't want to interrupt you, but I want you to skip the, the part there with, this, with the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the powers of the day. The reason he argued with them is because they were the ones who were given the authority. He was right. coming to take it away from them. Because of their corruption, because of what they had done to the people, because they used it to only enrich themselves. They perverted the priesthood, the inheritance, and they totally twisted it up with Babylon. And, and he wasn't trying All to do the magic. same thing. So when yeah. they tried to make him a king, he's like, nah, we're not doing that. Right. So it wasn't and like, okay, I'm going right, to keep playing your game. And so now that I've exposed the people that are taking advantage of you, I'm not trying just to step up into their chair and now start doing the same thing. Like it's supposed to be brotherhood. It's not supposed to be exploitation. So I'm not I'm not trying to um revamp the exploitation that's already going on. I got to point out to you that it's fucked up, but I'm not trying to just now be at the helm of it. Like this is something that has to be completely new and so I'm going to serve you in love and kindness and compassion. And that's how you're going to get it. And I expect you to emulate that and do it unto other people. And I think I, I think we can call it a million and one different things, right? But at the end of the day, all truly righteous pursuits bring you to that point. You're obsessed with the question of making the most amount of people as possible, not suffer under the sufferings that this world can bring about. Right. Whether whether it's it's, hey, I'm hungry. I want to feed you. Hey, I'm sick. I want to find a cure for you. Hey, these people are violently oppressing me. 
you know, I want to find a way to to take that yoke off of you. Like all all righteousness, however you want to define it under any banner, it it brings you to that point that that becomes that becomes your job. And so I think in that in in the Jesus story, it's okay. God is going to show you firsthand if there is any value to your religious rhetoric whatsoever. If you're not behaving like this, the religious the religious rhetoric is is pointless. And even if I'm speaking religious rhetoric because I'm fighting with the religious powers of those days, if people don't understand it, or every once in a while I got to defend my position, cool. But this isn't even the heart of it because I'm not trying to debate them. So now you're listening to my philosophy rather than theirs. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to replace their rhetoric with my rhetoric. It's the behavior and condition of human beings that have to change. We can't just exchange one rhetoric for the other. We have to fundamentally be transformed from within on what our value system is so that we're not willing to carry out evil shit just because, hey, this is where I get my food from. This is where I get my clothes from. So if this is how I make my money, because a lot of the corruption in our present situation is because we don't want to part with some of the exploitative ways that wealth is generated. So, hey, this is how I make my money. If some people suffer as a result of it, eh, you know, so our morality a lot of times is attached to, um, is this going to hurt my bottom line? So if I can get away with it, it might be unethical, right? But I'm not, I'm not going to fuck up my economic enterprise on account of some sort of moral principle. And that concept is in there, that we can't be so attached to our stomachs to our temporal needs that we're willing to sacrifice uh, 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 timeless, eternal principles that have to do with um, how we value one another. So, so any any religious rhetoric that doesn't get you there, it's pointless, including Christianity. And that is why people get disillusioned with Christianity because they're like, I, I don't see this being demonstrated. So it's just you want me to think that. Your rhetoric is on point, and you got the truth, and their rhetoric is bullshit. So it's so it's all intellectual, right? It is. That's the fact. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. That's where it comes down to. But like you said before, it's what people. I want you to disagree because I want to fight. Yeah, it's what people (laughs) decide to do with it. It's what people decide to do with it. No matter what system you find, there's going to be people inside that system that claim it and say they identify with it, but they're completely exercising shit that's counterintuitive to it. That's just what it is. And I think uh, the sooner we stop blaming the system itself, I just want to get towards that place, just exactly what you were just explaining. I'm trying to move towards that place where people are just overall trying to be better, trying to help more people, minimize the suffering on the planet. Like that's, That's the whole point. So anything that can get people there, I'm open to letting people use that to move towards that place. But I don't think we should all be roped into it like and start explaining to each other, well, if they're not moving towards that with this particular system, then that means they're not doing it at all. I think that's pretty dangerous. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of you could be discounting some shit that's that's helpful for people. All right. But what about if they say that they want to do it? But but you gotta get you gotta get a tattoo with a microchip that says if you have COVID or not. Well, you're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way to a better world, honestly. Because is microchips. I don't know. (laughs) Microchip implants is the only. It's the future, bro. Come on. I don't know. Can't fight the future. I'm. I actually got in a conversation with my brother about the other day, and he brought up something that it made me super uncomfortable, but it was something definitely to consider. He's like, "Yo, man." 
you know, with because he heard about the neural link with Elon Musk and whatever, right? And he's like, so, you know, they want to hook the internet up to, like, you know, your brain and they, everything to be connected and you're basically going to be augmented with this little chip or computer in your head. And he's like, so everything can be monitored, right? Even even your thoughts. He's like, so think about it. He's like, you know, how old were you when when you um when you lost your virginity? I was like, I was 15, you know? Um, he's like, yo, if you ever think about that memory as an adult, you're a pedophile. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> you're absolutely right. That is so horrible. You, so if you remember, but I was thinking about the implications. So it's all hooked up to the internet. So yeah, you you're going to prison if you have kitty porn, which you should, you know. But I know people that said they lost their their virginity when they were eight, like well, with their eleven year old baby. It depends on what kind of porn it is. I have to be honest. It depends. If it's like drawings, you shouldn't go to jail. You should might be maybe be monitored. Well, what if it, well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe if it's be monitored. I think that's the only way we can really round people up and monitor them. Is is those are situations where I do want the NSA to switch on pre-crime. People, switch on people. And pre-crime, we're gonna have the not uh, free crime, not report. Report, <laughs> but do but watch them, watch them. You don't yeah, gotta put them, them on blast until they get convicted. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely, definitely you know, watch them. if it's th- actual physical like porn with real people, then you go to jail. But if it's like you said, memories, I don't know, I don't know how they're gonna right. work. But if it's like anime or something, some weird anime, I don't think because that's that's starting to. I don't think people should be convicted for thought crime. You know, that's one of my big problems with a lot of a lot of religions is they want to get inside your brain. It's like if you think something, then you're in trouble. I don't think thought crime should get people in trouble. That's where I kind of draw the line at. All right. Because I because I was going to confess all my racism as a part of another ritual. Oh, well, that's different. It would, it would be unfair. It, I that's think different. it's unfair without Quincy because Quincy <laughs> is definitely on 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 the extreme end of the spectrum. And it just wouldn't it wouldn't be right to do it. Yeah, we got it. We got to have so it the next yeah. time. You know, oh yeah, this the, this the thought, inventor, this. the inventor of the photosynthesis of suffering. Yo, the pho- <laughs> the photosynthesis of suffering and and uh uh violence without passion is dead. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there is no vi- yeah. There's right. no passion right. without violence. You gotta have it. They go hand in hand. It's just a, it's a lovely little combination. Yeah. It's it, like they go together it, like peanut butter right. and jelly, bro. If you passionately love me, but you're not willing to passionately beat the shit anybody out of, you know, to express that love, I got a question. What kind of passion do you have that won't result? That's true. In- Listen, I I definitely measure my love for my wife by how bad I'm willing to hurt somebody who offended her. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Passion, passion, etymology of passion is suffering. And suffering, absolutely, yeah. so, absolutely right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big etymology fan too, man. I feel the same way. When you start to get behind some of these words and what the true meanings were, it gives you a different perspective on language. Period. When I found out what the meaning of the word heretic was, I was like, "Holy shit, really? That's all this is? Heretic? <laughs> it, it makes it sound like you're like some kind of evil person. Oh, that he's a heretic." Basically, a heretic is just a person who has choices. It just means you have options. <laughs> and it's like, no, burn him at the stake. He's a heretic. It's unbelievable, bro. It tells you a lot about language, man. Yeah, it's man. Very, I, think, very important. I think the characters are eternal, but who represents the characters is always changing. You know, like true, I, th- true. I oh, think- yeah, the archetypes. That's why when you right. were talking about Jesus, I think that's why it's important. I think he that was the last. Uh, well, not last, but the latest iteration of that archetype, uh, and maybe even the most refined up to this point, 
of that archetype, which is why it's so ingrained in people, which is why it's so important is if people who've never been to church and never, they, they know that name, they know what it represents. They know the iconography of it, the savior, there's the lamb and all these things they know, because, and this has been repeated throughout history. A lot of times, you know, these, but like I said, it's not always the same. All the elements are not there. I know a lot of people try to right. say like, Dionysus was born of a virgin and crucified, but that shit ain't true. It's like, you know, they'd be stretching a lot of that shit. But there are these archetypes of these saviors who represent a changing of the guard spiritually, ideologically, and then they suffer and are are, are, uh, martyred. And, you know, that the story's been told a few times. And I think uh, the reason that it's important is because it's been told so many times. If you ignore all the rest and only look at one, I think you kind of lose track of the larger picture. But when you find out humanity has been telling a similar story for thousands and thousands right. of years, it makes you really look deeper into what that means. Why do we have Superman? You know what I'm saying? Which is pretty much the same shit, you know, when you really think about it. So there's a reason for it. And I think the reason for it lies in looking at all of these things and why it's, it's a reoccurring archetype, not necessarily in landing on one and devoting all of our study to the one. And, and not to foment dissidents, but I do think there's value in that concept of understanding like there is corruption in the world. And yeah. if you're completely comfortable with the world, that should tell you something about your spiritual condition. And um, if what you're saying, you find yourself living in a place where the majority of people agree with you, you probably don't have it right. Because... <laughs> The, yeah. the the idea is if you're truly pushing us forward along the righteous lines, like your people are going to hate you. You're going to be fucking up somebody's money. You're going to be undermining somebody's power. You're going to be undermining somebody's control to truly push forward in a righteous direction. You're going to be disturbing some shit. You bro, know what I'm saying? Krishnamurti, bro. I'm a friggin' end it with this. Krishnamurti said, it is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And that's the realest shit ever. If society is profoundly sick and you're well-adjusted to it, what does that tell you? Right. What does that tell you? And I think a lot of people have settled nicely into their recliners and they're binge-watching a profoundly sick sick society. And Mm. they're very well-adjusted to it because they're just sitting back watching it. And I think uh, once once we uh, and, and not even once because it's happening right now. This shit's coming to a head, and, and there's some discussions being had, some actions being taken. Everybody's getting shaken out of their sleep right now. So where this is going to take us, I don't think anybody really knows. But you know, I got a pretty good idea about how we got here, and I have a pretty good idea idea about how, what we need to do to fix it. So. The only thing we can do, really, when it comes down to it, is lead by example. And the only thing that matters is our personal experience, because that's the only thing we can really, con- that's the only thing we can concrete, be positive about, is our personal experience. You could tell me that God spoke to you and saved your life. You could be in complete tears. I don't have to discount it. I don't have to throw it away. But there's no real way for that to impact me you know, emotionally the way it did you. The only thing that I can count on is my own personal experience. That's true. That's that's the only thing that matters. And I'm trying to move in love and I want peace. I, I bought another thousand rounds yesterday nonetheless. I, and I, <laughs> I hope I don't have to use shit. I hope, yeah. I hope people just calm the fuck down and start listening to each other and we can, we can love one another past 
some of this madness so hurts can be acknowledged and progress can be made and you know and and we don't have to justify people punching cops but just in case some shit goes left i'm i'm not at that spiritual level yet where i'm just cool being a victim i'm not no, no. I, i'm not ready I'm, to turn that's not the part other of my cheek. spiritual system yeah i can't being a victim is not part of my spiritual I, I, listen system. i i respect the nobility in it because truly that's the only way to cease violence completely is you're 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 just not willing to participate in it at all. I can respect that, but I'm I, I draw the line at self defense. There's no yeah. preemptive strike. I, yeah, I just I need you. you to stay the fuck away from me I don't if blame you plan me. on doing me harm. That's all. I'm peaceful, but I'm not a pacifist. And I'll even and I'll even you know I'll throw you a bag of oranges or some shit. Like I got some oranges left. You want some more? What you? Maybe. I got some bread slices. Like I'd rather I'd rather give you this than this than this bullet work. I'd rather not give you this work. Please Maybe. just go away. Listen, I'll help you any way I can, but I, I, I also have a pre-dug hole. Right. Like, you know, I also have a pre-dug hole for people just like you. So it's totally up to you. I'm not going to lose any sleep. I, I surrendered myself as a karmic in- instrument, so I'm either going to help you or I'm going to bury you. Right. Either They're both fine with me. So <laughs> let's act right. Oh. I, mean, I think today's going to be a two-parter, bro. Yeah, man. Jeez, it's gonna man. be our first two parter. Yeah, how long how long do we go? Will we like four hours? Three fifteen. Yeah, this was um I'm glad, man. I like I like the tension. I like that we got into the spiritual aspect of it. I don't think we've really gone over anything uh too deep. I can tell you guys have read some of the same stuff, so I was definitely yeah, it's definitely cool, interesting. I, I, I hopefully we'll dig more into this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think we should definitely revisit it. Anything that keeps least... us away from race for a while. Yeah, I think we should revisit it and, and lay some things down some more. I mean, really just for clarity with each other, because like he said, I don't think anyone, either one of us is going to be or even is attempting to convince the other one of anything. But I think just talking it out and it kind of iron sharpens iron. You know what I'm saying? It, it helps both of us improve. And best case scenario is that we either find new information that helps us widen our perspective, or we just double down on our own, on our own belief system and become more ingrained in it because of the conversation. So either way, it's a win-win. You can't lose. Yeah, I'm. A, I, I've got. I've got no objections. Dope, man. I mean, hey, you can't you can't fault a guy that likes to quote scripture. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, iron sharpens iron. I agree, <laughs> man. Yeah, man, one hundred percent, man. Well, so, I didn't yeah. know if we if we wanted to use uh, real names, so I, um, Q, I I just named the the runaway slave catcher because oh, it was okay. an oxymoron and it it represents uh both both aspects of his duality. Uh, you, I coined the the ball head dread. And yeah, yeah. Uh, myself, the broke financier, and then <laughs> for you, uh, uh, I just Jay. I used a uh, a lying ball, a uh, lying dog face pony soldier, just because I think I think that's Great. what Joe Biden would call you if you debated I, him. I love it. I said, <laughs> <laughs> so the runaway I got slave a, I got catcher. A meme. I got a meme for that. Hang on, I'll put it in the chat. The 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 runaway slave catcher, the ball head dread. Uh, the broke financier and the lying dog face pony soldier. Yeah, I like it. 
There's no no one's even. A, I think maybe I'm some not of the names. Dog faced pony soldier. I'm not because I ain't lying. I ain't yeah, trying. I yeah I I just. But Joe I, Biden I, would definitely say you were though. That's the whole right, point. I, would, <laughs> I, I didn't want to misquote him. I felt like yeah. an omission was deceitful. Yeah, yeah. Joe is definitely gonna call you a liar. Totally fine. But we we can we can start at the dog faced pony soldier. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. It was definitely a great conversation, man. Good talking with y'all. I'm, I'm for sure going to split this one into two parts this week. So we'll, we'll have a... Uh, hey, it's all good content, right? Everything is content. Yeah. I wish we had more time, man. I mean, I feel... I want to hurry up and get to 100 episodes. <laughs> I wish we had more time, bro. That's the only the only thing, man. It's uh, we, we just... Once a week, sometimes twice a week. I feel like there's so much stuff we could iron out and get it all, you know, laid out and cataloged like this. It's just... It's been a dope experience so far. Well, I'm, I'm I'm down to continue to link up on Wednesdays. Dope. Like I said, I didn't want to put I didn't want to put a strain on on anybody. So just uh you know we can stick to Sundays and Wednesdays and when anybody wants to you know if you can't you can't <laughs> always but, open. Yeah. I always think I, that's the smartest way to move forward. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I had in here that we didn't get to. So we'll make but we we can't Wednesday. get it. We can't get into Reese's Pieces and Kit Kats and Nike until, <laughs> until, until Quincy. <laughs> so, I don't want to be. Yeah, we can't the, burn it all down. You got to save some. Yeah, the, well, once the runaway slave catcher is here, then we can then we can address that. But it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be true confessions if he wasn't on there. Because I'm, I'm I'm sure if anyone's going to be outraged, it's only fair we include him. Yeah. All right. Well, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all deeply and truly. I hope y'all have a, a good rest of the weekend, man. And, you know, hit me up on the text or we'll talk Wednesday or, you know. Sir, sir, man. Much love, respect. Definitely enjoyed it. We'll be talking to y'all brother soon.